0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: God is not only interested in blessing His people, but He delights in the prosperity of His people. In other words, God is happy when His children are prosperous. I know, and that is what the Bible tells in the book of Psalm thirty-five. In Psalm thirty-five, reading from verse number twenty-seven, the Bible tells us there. It says, "Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause." Yea, let them say continually, "Let the Lord be magnified," which does has which has pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. In other words, God is happy when the people of God. Are prosperous when the people of God are enjoying the blessings of the kingdom, when they are seeing the fruits of their labor, when they are participating in kingdom rewards, the Lord Almighty is happy about it. Now, while that is true, while that is true, one fact that most people tend to forget is that every blessing of God has two parts. Okay, there is the God parts, and there is the you part. Okay, the God parts and the you parts. If we do our own parts, the principles that we have studied, the things, the secrets of prosperity that we have talked about, in the that was talked about in the past, in, in uh, talked about in our last study, becomes our own portion. But when we fail to do our own parts, it appears as if God's promises are no longer true, and that is why you see a lot of this, you know there's, there's this disconnect between the promise of God and the fulfillment of those promises of God in the life of the people of God. And what you find is that for us to be able to enjoy the blessings of God, there is what is referred to as the divine human partnership. Okay, a divine human partnership whereby God does what He God, what God does, and you do what you do. Okay, and for this partnership to work, for this partnership to work, three things must be clear in the minds of the believer. The first thing is that you must do your part, you must do your part. God will not do your part for you, okay? It's just like if you want to you're looking at you're looking at getting it you're looking at prosperity in terms of financial prosperity and you refuse to walk. God is not going to break the ceilings and pour money on you. It's not going to happen no matter how well you know how to pray. okay so you must do your part. that's the first thing that must be clear. The second thing is that don't try to do God's part. Those who have tried it in the scripture have always ended up in trouble. You can ask Abraham when the Lord told him he was going to have a child. Abraham felt that he was already getting hold and then he now decided to assist the process and created another mess for himself. So when the Lord, when you are involved in a divine human partnership, when you are involved in a partnership with the Almighty God, you must know that you need to do your own part and don't try to do God's part. Because when you do that, you create problem. And then the third thing that must be clear to us is that don't expect God to do your own part for you. Just like you cannot do God's part, God will not do your part for you. One thing we must understand is this. The divine partnership, the divine human partnership that we're talking about involves that cooperation between you and God. It's not that God cannot do it, but God chooses to partner with us. And that is why nobody can get saved by just sitting down there and doing nothing. God says that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He requires you to do the calling. God will not do the calling for you. Okay. So we must understand those two elements of divine, of receiving the blessings of God. God will do his own part. You will do your own part. The question is why are we talking about it this morning? After going through a series of study for a whole month, why am I talking about it this morning? The reason is because the blessings of God is not free. Okay? The blessings of God is the sorry, the blessings of God are free, but not everyone will benefit from it if you don't do your part. The blessings of God that he has made available to you, the blessings of God that he has made available to the church, they are free. But because they are free does not mean that everybody is good to partake of it okay the blessings of god are free but not everybody will partake of it now for example salvation is free everybody knows that anybody knows that the gift of god is eternal life It's free for everybody but is everybody going to be saved no is it because god doesn't want them to be saved no it's simply because there are certain things that you will have to do in order to partake of that particular salvation. And that's one of the things he is said, is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe, that is your portion, you have to believe. Whosoever believe shall not perish but have eternal life. If you refuse to believe, though it is free, you will not receive it. It's just like when somebody stands in the bottom and you start, you're shelling sharing out uh, cash and start giving out money, start giving out money. Unless you go there and stretch forth your hands and ask for the money, the money will not be given to you. It's not because the person hates you. It's not because of what you have done. It's just that you have to do your own portion. Although healing, deliverance and uh, prosperity is a free gift of God, not everybody will enjoy it. Not everybody will enjoy it. Not everybody will claim the blessings of God. The question is why? Why? James chapter 4 that we read in our our, our time of reading. James chapter 4. He said, Where do war and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that that was in your member? You lost and do not have. You murder and you covet cannot obtain. You fight and war and yet ye do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterous and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James is simply saying this, That our desire for blessing, our desire for God's blessings, our desire for God's provision, our desire for protection, for preservation, for all the good things that God has to resolve for us is rooted in the fact that we want it to satisfy our own lust. Okay? The Bible is saying, if your motivation for wanting the blessings of God, if your motivation for seeking the blessings of God is just to satisfy yourself, then you have missed the point. If the whole reason why we come to church is to be able to get more stuff, is to be able to get the blessing, is just to be able to, is just to be able to receive and to be able to just take and take and acquire and acquire, you have missed the whole point of relationship with God. If we need the blessing, you know, in other words, if the need for the blessings of God is not the issue. Okay, the real issue is the motivation behind the, the behind your seeking of that particular blessing. And the Lord is saying, check your motivation. Check your motivation. And check the process because God will not do certain things for you. You see, we live in an age that is characterized by rights and entitlement. Okay? We believe that because we live in this society, we deserve to be rich, we deserve to be happy. God owes us a blessing and all, and, and, and because we are, we, because we are, we, 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 live in a, we live in a very prosperous nation, we believe that everybody has a right to be rich. And now, if this mindset is restricted to people who are outside of the church, then I think we can, many of us can live with it. But that same mindset is now in the church. Okay? The same mindset is found among among the believers, is found among the people who are called by the name of God. And these, there are people, and this, and these same believers are convinced that God owes them a favor. Okay? Christians believe now that just because they come to church, just because they pray certain prayer, just because they attend a special program, just because they have a connection with a particular pastor, they believe that God must do, they are doing God a favor by showing up in church. As such, God is obligated to bless them. God must bless them in return for helping them, for helping God become God. You know, when we have that kind of that that kind of mindset, we demand the blessings of God. And for this reason some Christians believe that without them God can no longer be God. Okay. The Lord is saying to us in the book of James that if your motivation for seeking my, for seeking me is just because you believe you, I owe you something or that I, and, or that you have to spend it on your own pleasure, then you have missed it. If you are seeking God because of what you, because you think you deserve it, because you think that God owes you, because you think that God has no option but to bless you or because God is obligated to bless you, then you have missed the point. That's what basically what James is saying. The question is, how did we get to this entitlement mentality within the church? How did we get there? How did the church be, how did the church come to believe that God owes them a favor? How did we get to the point that we deserve the blessings of God? How did we get to the point that we believe that God is obligated to us? How did we get this entitlement mentality? I'll give you a little bit of short, you know, very short history about the, uh, the, there's this thing that is called the the president's economic advisor, economic council. And in the days, right after the war, the president at that time was President Eisenhower, and he had this council, he had this economic advisory council. And the chairman of that council at that time was one Mr. Edwin uh, Edwin Norse. And Edwin Norse made a particular comment, this guy here. He made a comment here. He said the American economy, the American economy's uh, ultimate purpose is to produce more consumer goods. And that was it. In other words, they have to generate more production so that they can keep the prosperity going that happened during the time of the war. Okay. So he said the American economy's ultimate purpose is to produce more consumer goods. Now, somebody else heard what Mr. Norr said and now took it to a next level. And the name of this guy was what's called, is a, a guy called Paul Mozo, the a partner with Lehman Brothers, if you know who, if, if you are if you're involved in the economic, uh, uh, if, you, if you understand the economic uh, landscape of the U.S., you know the company called Lehman Brothers. Now, this guy was a partner with Lehman Brothers, I think, for a very, very long time. And the man said something very interesting. He said, we must shift America from a need to a desire culture. People must be trained to desire to want new things even before the old has become entirely consumed we must shape a new mentality in america man's desire must overshadow his needs in other words you want to create an atmosphere a desi- an atmosphere where people don't really do things because they need it they do it because they desire it In other words, I look at something, even if I cannot afford it, even if I know it's not going to be entirely beneficial for me, but because I desire it, or because the Kardashians are wearing it, or because one movie star is wearing it, then I want to be like that. That is what the society wants to create. And that is how all these things started right after the Second World War. And as a result of this particular idea that was out there, that has been pushed into our economy, you now find that our society has now become a consumer culture. We now live in what I refer to as a throw-away society. You don't use anything, you don't even repair things anymore. You just throw them away because the cost of repair is more expensive than the cost of a new thing. Why do we spend money repairing it? Just throw it away. We live in a throw-away society right now. A consumer-driven society, the consumer-driven mentality has not only infested our culture, it has infiltrated the church. It has entered the church. So Christians today are what I refer to as shoppers examining the church to find out the best products that are out there church services and programs are now judged as a product to be consumed how beautiful is it how engaging is it how entertaining is it the church must appeal to the the consumer to buy into the products and the ultimate product that the church is selling right now is the self-help message of Jesus Christ And that self-help message of Jesus Christ is that Jesus is the answer to every need. Jesus is the answer to every discomfort. Jesus is the answer to every trial. Once you come to Jesus, your life becomes a wonderful life. You put it on cruise control and Jesus just takes over. That is the message that we are now selling. Jesus has become the ultimate product to be marketed. Okay? A product that will provide us with all that we ever desire in life okay the comfort the convenience the prosperity the happiness everything we ever wanted the relationship the husband the wife the children that we even want oh we have to just come to jesus we get it is a push button push and jesus produces it that is the message that we are now selling as the church reduces jesus to a commodity pastors must now therefore sell the benefit of following jesus in order for people to come to their church you have to sell jesus to the people you have to now package Jesus in such a way that the packaging must be attractive for people to continue to come to church. And that is why the most popular gospel in our society today is the gospel of wealth and health. Okay? The prosperity gospel. Where God must reward the signs of faith. The sign, he must reward faith with health and with wealth. And if you are not healthy, if you are not wealthy, it means that you don't have enough faith. That is the message that we are now peddling in our church. Okay? But let me pause for a second to let you understand one thing. I am not trying to poo-poo the, 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 the prosperity message. That's not it. And like I said here before, I am not allergic to money. Okay? The church is also not allergic to money. But the point we're trying to make here is this. My goal this morning is to answer one question from the scripture. And that question is this. Is everybody entitled to the blessings of God? That is the question I'm trying to answer. Who is it that comes to church that can claim the blessings of God? In a society that advances it, that advances the idea that everybody has a right to life, everybody has a right to happiness, everybody has a right to war, to, has a right to be prosperous, even if that person doesn't want to war, can people claim the blessings of God? Who has the right to claim the blessings of God? Where our pastor in a society where our prosperity preachers tells us that all you need is to believe and claim it, that God is obligated to bless you. Who is it that is, who is it that can claim the blessings of God in that kind of a society? Who is that man? Who is that woman that can truly claim the blessings of God? Let's look at Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32 reading from verse 27, the Bible tells us Behold, I am the Lord the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me now there's nobody here who would disagree with that particular statement there's nothing too hard for the almighty god the question this morning is not whether god will bless his people it's not whether god will heal his people the issue here is not whether god will deliver them the question this morning is that will god bless everyone that walks through these doors in this month of august will god bless everyone that walks through this door that's the question Will God? Will everyone who who ha, will will everyone have their desires met this month of August? Will everyone will everyone unlock the secret of wealth and prosperity just because they show up in church? Will they? Like I said to you, I would like to tell you that yes is the answer, you know. And I'm sure many of us sitting down here, we want to hear a resounding yes, okay. And God absolutely has the power to bless his people. In fact, God, God has no problem blessing his people. But the sad reality is that not everyone that walks through this door will get the blessings of God. Not everybody, Okay. Not everybody who walks through that, who walks through this particular door will have all their desires met. Not everybody who walks through this, who comes into this place and pray the prayer that we pray or do whatever that we do is going to enjoy or unlock the secret of wealth and prosperity. Not everybody. The question is why? Why won't people get the blessings of God? Why can't everybody claim the blessings of God? Why can't we have our desires made? Why can't we, you know, why, 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 why is it that God, you know, why is it that some people will see the result of answer prayer and some people will not see it? Is it because God is a passionate God? Is it because God loves some people more than other people? Is it because they love tall people than to wear glasses with a bald head? You know, is it why? Why, 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 why won't everybody enjoy the blessings of God? Why can't everybody claim the blessings of God? Now, from the scripture, I found some answers. Or I found some reasons why not everybody will get the blessings of God. The number one reason is that God, the blessings of God, are conditional. That's why everybody won't get it. The blessings of God are number one conditional. If you look at the book of Joshua, chapter one. A reading from verse number eight, the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate during day and night. But that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, for then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. In other words, you will see that principle of divine human relationship that human, divine human partnership that we talked about a few minutes ago. The Lord is saying that the book of the law, Joshua, this book of the law must not depart from your hands. If you must be will, you must be ready and willing to do everything that is written inside of this book. He said, when you have done that, look at that word that I underlined for you. He said, then shall thou make your way prosperous. In other words, if you don't do what's in the book, you will never be prosperous. If you don't do what is in the book, you will not have good success. So number one, the reason, the number one reason why people do, why everybody cannot claim the blessings of God is because the blessings of God are conditional. Number two, the reason why everybody cannot claim the blessings of God is because the blessings of God requires your decision. The blessings of God requires your decision. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, reading from verse number 19. The Bible says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. In other words, the Lord places options in front of you. In other words, God is not God is a perfect gentleman. He tells you this, and these are the options. You make up your mind which one you want. Life and death are in your hand. I place them before you. Blessings have blessings and cursing, I place them before you. Now you make up your mind which one you want. Make up your mind which one you want. So the blessings of God are number one. They are no, the, the blessings of the, the blessings of God. They number one. They are conditional. Number two, they require your decision god will not make the decision for you god will not choose for you he gives you the option he tells you this is what i want you to do this is what i have for you these are the options that you have available to you but you make up your mind and that is where he says that you know he has he sent his, Lord, his son jesus christ said that whosoever receiving shall not perish In other words, the decision is in your hand. To enjoy the blessings of God, number one, you must realize that the blessings of God are conditional. Number two, the blessings of God require your decision. Number three, the blessings of God requires your participation. The blessings of God requires your participation. Look at Luke chapter 6, reading from verse number 38. Luke 6, 38. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall make give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you made without, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, if you read this verse in the negative language, it says, Do not give and it shall not be given to you. That's basically what it means. Yeah. So the blessings of God, apart from the fact that they are conditional, apart from the fact that it requires your decision, it also requires your participation, it requires your participation. You cannot sit idly and expect that God will do the work for you. It does not work like that. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of God where you sit and you put your life and you put yourself in cruise control and just throw your head back and the driver does the driving. It doesn't work like that. You have to participate in it. That is why not everybody that comes to church will get the blessings of God. Not everybody that reads the scripture will get the blessings of God. The Bible says that you cannot just be hearers of the word. It says the hearers of the word are not the ones that are blessed. The doers of the word; those are the people who are blessed. Those are the people who are blessed. So the blessings of God, they are conditional. They require your participation. Number four, the blessings of God requires your consecration. The blessings of God requires your consecration. Exodus chapter 32. Reading from verse number 29, the Bible tells us, Moses has said, consecrate yourself this day to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you, may bestow upon you a blessing this day. The consecration simply means separating yourself unto the Almighty God. The Lord Almighty will not just throw his blessings out like that. He is a very selective people. It's just like you, it's just like me. You look at your friends and you want to give something to them. You don't just throw your media, your blessings out to people, you look at the people, you select the people you want to bless. The same thing you have the blessings of God requires your consecration. It requires your consecration. You are at work. Do you think that your manager just promotes everybody? No. It doesn't work like that. Only in the public school do you have everybody promoted to the next class. You don't even need to take a test. You just go to the next class. And then they come out, they don't even know how to write their name. But that's the story for another day. The point is that the blessings of God requires a consecration. You have to set yourself apart. The same thing, even when you're at work. When you are doing your work and you set yourself apart as a well, as a productive person, as somebody who is able to deliver, your manager see it and they promote you. The same thing in the kingdom of God. The blessings of God requires your consecration. Not only that, number five. The blessings of God requires your sacrifice. If you cannot sacrifice anything, what is the incentive that is there for God to be able to say and pull you out and separate you for blessing? Why? If you are not willing to give up anything, Look at your relationship with your fellow man. Look at your relationship within the house. Look at your relationship with your colleague. You are not willing to serve, you are not willing to let anything go. You are not willing to con, you are not willing to sacrifice anything and you expect other people to sacrifice for you? And that is why people are having problem in the relationships today because they are not willing to give up anything. And if you are not willing to give up anything, why should the other person give up something for you? The same thing when you're walking with the Almighty God. The blessings of God requires your sacrifice. Genesis 22 reading from verse number two the bible tells us and and he said take now thy son thy only son isaac whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which i will tell thee of verse number 15 and the angel of the lord called out called out unto abraham out of heaven the second time and said by by myself have i sworn Said the Lord, for because thou has done this, that and has not withheld thy son, thy only son, that that uh, that in blessing I will bless thee; in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of up, uh, which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. Why did that blessing come? The blessing came because Abraham was not willing to hold back what God has given to him. Abraham was willing to sacrifice that thing and say, Lord, here it is. This is what you have given to me. I'm releasing it back unto you. If you read the book of Romans, I think in Romans chapter 4, the Bible tells us the reason why Abraham did that. Abraham believed that he that is able to, you know, he that gave him that child is able to raise him up from the dead. So that's why he released it. He trusted the Almighty God. You cannot get the blessings of God if you are not willing to sacrifice anything. A child who wants to become a who wants to become a physician or who wants to become an account or become a professional or whatever, and that child is not willing to sacrifice the time to study, you are not willing to sacrifice the time to go to the library and you want to get A in class. There are two options for you. You either go and buy the question or you just keep dreaming about it in your dreams because it's never going to happen. The point you are making is that the blessings of God requires what? Requires sacrifice. And that is why not everybody that comes to church will get the blessings of God. It's not because god doesn't like them it's not because of any other thing it's just because the blessings of god requires sacrifice number six the blessings of god are for the glory of god yes you will benefit from it yes you will use it you know you will use it to to to, to, to better to better your life but the blessings of god are for the glory of the almighty god look at psalm 148 verse 13 he said let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is excellent his glory is above the earth and the heavens. If you read the book of Revelation, I think Revelation chapter 12, it said, thou art worthy to receive all glory, all honor, for you have created all things for your own pleasure. In other words, God blesses his people for his own glory. If you understand how the kingdom principle works, many of us in the, many of us in the Western, in the Western world do not understand the principle of the kingdom. One of the principle of the kingdom is that the king, the king, the glory of the king, is in the amount of money, the amount of wealth he carries, and how he's able to outspend or outbless his own subjects. When you see a king, and you go to the king and you say, King, live forever. I brought this towel to you. When the king is about to bless you, he will give you something better than what you give to him. And the only reason is just to let you know that he is the king, and he has the resources, and he can outbless you. And that's why you can never outgive God. You can never do it. Because when you give to Him, He tells you that He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and He can bless you. So one of the things you must understand is that the blessings of God are for the glory of the Almighty God. It tells you the riches of the Almighty God. So when you are seeking the blessings of God and you are seeking it for your own personal glory, you miss the point. You missed it. When the Lord wants to bless people, He blesses himself for His own glory. Okay? So these are the conditions. For claiming the, and enjoying the blessings of God. Now, if these are the conditions of claiming and ble- and enjoying the blessings of God, why is the church not talking about it? Why is the church just telling you just believe and claim, believe and claim and walk away? No. Why are we talking about it like that? Why is the church not talking about this condition and teaching the people about the condition of God? The church is not talking about the conditions for blessing and the believers are not claiming the blessings of God because, number one, the church has believed a lie. The church has believed a lie god will bless you regardless of how you live that is not true god will not bless you regardless of the way you live the bible says come out from among them and be ye separate and i will be your god and i'll be your god and you'll be my sons and my daughters in other words god will not continue to live look you will not continue to live your life anyhow and expect the blessings of god to come and that's what the bible tells in the book of roman It says shall we continue in sin that grace may abound he said never but the church has believed a lie. And that lie is that God will bless you regardless of the way you live. And that is not true. God will not bless you the way you have lived. And that is why for all those who have been claiming and believing it, how many of them have seen the reality of what they are praised for? Apart from all the manipulation that they put into their blessings. Because one of the things we find in the church is that we come, Oh, praise the Lord. I gave a thousand, I got 10,000. You did not ask them where that 10,000 came from. Where did they come from? I'm not denying the fact that God can do it. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying that God will not bless iniquity. You cannot live anyhow and expect the blessings of God to multiply. It doesn't work that way.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.